Salvation is just the first step in God's plan for our lives. If you'd like to know more about salvation, just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net and click on the Salvation tab today. But I do enjoy Christmas time, but i got to be honest with you, I think today is the day that a Christian ought to celebrate more than any other day. If we don't celebrate any other day, the day of Jesus' resurrection is the one we should be celebrating, and, and celebration is the key. Friday to me, I know we call it Good Friday, but it, it's a conundrum in my mind. I don't, I don't understand what, other than what it led to, which was good, I've got to go back and research it a little bit more. I've just always known it was Good Friday, and I've never really dug any deeper. But I will tell you that, you know, that was a day of mourning for the disciples and for Mary and for the people that knew Jesus. It was a day of mourning for them. They didn't, they didn't totally know. Jesus has been telling them what was coming. But you know how people do sometimes. You want to believe him, but you're just not sure. And yet the third day he came and he said, I told you so, right? And he got up and he rose up, right? This is the day. It is a happy day. It is a day of celebration. It is resurrection day. And so I hope you are enjoying your day today. I think what the Holy Spirit did this morning already to give us an opportunity to kind of shake loose the burdens that we've been carrying and just get free. I mean, how awesome is that, that you can come together and worship and fellowship and give praise to God, and in the midst of you ministering to him, he comes and ministers to you in your need. And that's what we've been talking about is how when we go and minister to the Lord, what really happens is he comes and ministers to us. I've had it kind of backwards most of my life. I've prayed to God, but the majority of my prayer time has been spent asking for the things that I need. And what I'm finding out is that as I go to him and praise him for what he's done, he goes ahead and supplies what I need. Amen? And so I'm kind of learning how to pray again. And as I was praying about the message today, obviously it's Easter, day of resurrection, wanted to deliver a great message about forgiveness and about Easter, but God also had me on this path of laying out the Lord's prayer. And I said, Lord, I don't know if they go hand in hand there. So then I read the portion I was supposed to be on, and it's all about give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I thought, I guess that does kind of go along with resurrection. It's all about forgiveness. Amen? We had a wonderful breakfast this morning, and I just appreciate Naomi and Tammy so much. And just uh, thank you all so much. If you didn't get to participate in that this morning, yeah, we can please give my hand. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, y'all did a great job this morning. If you didn't get to participate in that this morning, it's your fault. I gave you plenty of chances and reminders. So I hope you enjoyed your sleep, but we enjoyed breakfast. It was great. Breakfast was awesome. We had some bacon and eggs and grits. It was just, it was a great time, great time of fellowship. It, re- it reminded me of a story, though, that I had read about Easter morning, and a mom was up. She was making pancakes for her two youngest sons, and they were kind of fighting over who was going to get the first pancake. And the mom thinking, you know, this is a teachable moment. I can really just reach them through this. And so she said, boys, 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 Let's think about what Jesus would do if he was here today. I'm going to tell you what Jesus would do, she said. She said he would give the first pancake to his brother. Man, that made the older brother happy. He started smiling. Mom said, see, he got it. He said, that's right. He looked at his younger brother. He said, good news, little bro. Today you get to be Jesus. I'll let you think about that for a minute. Well, I got some good news for you. You don't ever have to be Jesus. And Jesus didn't ask you to be him. We're supposed to be like him, but he never asked us to hang on the cross and take the sins of the world upon ourselves. In fact, he created the way. He is the reason that we celebrate today because of what he chose to do. 
I like how Charles Stanley put it. He said, you know, you might say that, the, that he, talking about God, is the architect and the Bible is the blueprint for successful living and it's in our best interest to follow those plans. You know, I've told you several times now that the Bible is a great tool and a great resource, but we have to be careful not to get locked into just the word of God there. That's kind of what happened to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They got so locked into the written word that they missed Jesus as he was standing right before them. You see, the people in the Bible didn't have the Bible. They might have had pieces of it as we went along and it was being written, but they didn't have the Bible because the Bible was being written about them. But yet they still had relationship with the Father. They still had that interaction. They had that love. And so there's something about, about letting God be our designer and builder. But guess what? We do have the Word of God. And so as we go to the Word of God and we spend time with the Lord, we have the best of everything if we will allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. You see, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, it says, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And I wanted to break down each piece of that today for you. It starts out, give us this day. Have you thanked God for the day today already? It's such a simple thing, but how many times do we get up and just go about our business? We start doing our to-do list and our checklist of things we've got to get done for that day. And hopefully somewhere along the line, we say, Lord, how you doing? Holy Spirit, how you doing? But sometimes we don't even do that. Give us this day. Lord, thank you for this day. The fact that I'm here and breathing, you know, the Bible says no man has the promise of tomorrow. So the fact that you woke up this morning is a blessing in and of itself. And God's telling us, hey, give thanks for this day. And especially what we celebrate for this particular day, we ought to give him double thanks, right? Amen. Give him double thanks. So give us this day our daily bread. You know, God cares about our physical needs as much as our spiritual needs. I think there are times I lose track of that. I'm telling you that God is kind of telling me that I'm being a little selfish with my prayer life and I'm asking for everything for myself. But he's also saying it's okay to ask for some things, right? Daily bread. Lord, Lord, you provide. But notice what's wrapped up in that. Daily bread, meaning I've got to go every day to ask him for my provisions. Sometimes we're asking him for a week, a month, a year, and then we'll get back to him a little later on. Based on this prayer that Jesus outlined for the disciples, we should get up every day not only thanking him for the day, but for the provisions that he provides. Give us this day our daily bread. But it also, again, shares with us that God not only, care, not only cares about our spiritual needs, but by telling us, hey, pray for your daily bread, he cares about our physical needs as well. Right? He cares about us. Daily means totally dependent upon him. Totally. You know, when the Egyptians, I'm sorry, when the Israelites fled the Egyptians and they were in the desert, manna from heaven was provided. But there were also instructions that they should only take what they needed for that day. Take what they needed for the day. Sometimes I take what I need for a few days for each meal. And as a result, I pay the price for that. I enjoy it in the moment, but I pay the price for that. Why? Because I'm not totally relying on God for everything. I start relying on myself. And in this prayer, God's saying, hey, look, man, you can't rely on yourself. Yourself is going to let you down. you got to rely on him each and every day. They weren't to take enough manna for the week. The only time they could take more manna for more days was on uh, Saturday, technically, right, the day before the Sabbath. 
and they could take provisions for that day and for the Sabbath. But they had to rely. And you know what the truth is? We read that story as if, man, every day manna was provided and it was no big deal. No big deal. You go to bed that night and not know for sure if there's going to be food the next morning. You've been told there will be, but then that flesh starts kicking in and you start wondering, is it really going to be there? But then something happens. The more you begin to rely on God and the more he begins to provide, the more your faith begins to get built and the less you worry about whether it's going to be there and the more you trust it's going to be there. And guess what? It's the same way with everything in our life. As we begin to trust him and see him provide day after day after day, then our faith begins to grow. And we're no longer worried about, is it going to be there? Then we're just thanking him for the day and our daily bread because our faith begins to grow. And that's what it's about. The only way your faith is going to grow, though, is if you're spending time with the Father in prayer, reading, listening. That's how we're going to grow our faith. You know, the next part talks about forgive us our debts. I'm going to move past that one and save that for the end. Then it says, as we also have forgiven our debtors. You know, that to me says we should come to prayer with forgiveness in our heart. We should come to prayer with forgiveness in our heart. You know, I also like the placement of this. I don't think it was happenstance that God said, hey, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Jesus said, look, hey, remember what God did for you, and you need to do the same for other people. God told Moses to remind the Israelites what he had done in Egypt for them so that it would, again, build their faith, but, but it also helps you to do the things that God did, right? So he said, remember that I forgave you. So when that person that's in your life that's on your very last nerve or maybe broke that nerve off <laughs> is pushing again and you're, you're about done with them, God says, what did I do for you? Didn't I forgive you of your sins? Didn't I forgive you of your debts? So you need to go and do the same for others. Notice he says, and forgive us our debts, says, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Not as we will forgive our debtors, as we have forgiven our debtors. We ought to be so good at forgiveness that by the time we get to prayer, we've already dealt with it, right? Now, we can use prayer to ask the Holy Spirit to help us with our unforgiveness. But, but what he's saying is, look, have forgiveness in your heart so much so that, that it's just a natural part of your life. That as you come into prayer, you've already forgiven. You've already forgiven. You know, last Saturday, Tammy and I had a, uh, it, it was a pretty big fight. I'll just be honest with you. It was a pretty big fight. If I played you the tape of it, which there's not a tape, <laughs> you wouldn't know it, though. We've gotten a little older, and we fight weird now. You know, when you're younger, you get all feisty, and people know something's going on. We, we didn't really, I mean, I don't know. I, I just kind of, you know, we, we were very annoyed with each other, and it started that morning. And so we, we, mutually agreed to part ways for a little while. And uh, so I, I, I went off about my business and, and took care of breakfast and ate by myself, which is kind of boring, and I don't really like that, especially when I have the opportunity to eat breakfast with my wife. I enjoy that. But I didn't get to that day. And so I'm riding down the road, and the Lord's really convicted me about forgiveness. I said, you know what? You're right. By the way, for the first time maybe ever in our relationship, 
it was her fault. I don't have the tape to back that up. I, I don't have a way to prove that. But I, I'm just telling you, and it was really weird. I didn't know how to act. I told her later, I said, we can't do this again. I said, I know how to act when I've messed up. I'm, I'm a pro in that position. That is my spot right there. But when I'm right, I don't know, how, I don't know what to do. I don't have any training for that. I, I don't, I'm ready to say I'm sorry. I don't even know what I did wrong, but let's just fix it and move on. I, it was uncomfortable. But so, so I called her, tried to fix it, tried to you know, do whatever I could, and it just didn't work out. So I got tired of being out for a while and decided I'm coming home. I just I got to go home and sit. And I don't know if y'all have ever been in the same room with somebody you truly love, but you're not really seeing eye to eye with. It's just uncomfortable. And it didn't get any more comfortable as the day went on. So that afternoon, evening, both of us are kind of feeling it. We want to fix this issue. So we go, we, we try again. It, it did not work out well again. <laughs> so I just grabbed my keys and left. I didn't scream. I didn't fuss. I didn't cuss that I'm aware of. And I know that, that again, it didn't really look like we were fighting. I just kind of left. I, you know, and I went on, had dinner by myself. It was, it was not good. It was not good. Came to the church, hung out for a little bit. Got tired, didn't want to sleep here, so I decided I better go home. So I went home, and Tammy tries to fix this time, but I wasn't, I don't know. I, I wasn't ready to fix it, I guess. I don't know. So we still didn't get it fixed that night. Now, we have learned one thing since I've taken over as pastor in the short three months is that it seems like when we, when we really get into it on a Friday or Saturday, man, that Sunday is going to be off the chain. It is amazing what God does. Now, we have agreed we've got to find a way to spot that attack a little sooner because some of our weekends are getting messed up, and I've had enough of it. So I'm, I appreciate what God's doing on Sundays, but we're going to have to fix that so that I don't have miserable weekends, you know. So we're learning how to spot those attacks. But, but we went to sleep that night, and again, we weren't, you know, it wasn't hateful or anything, but... I don't know. It wasn't a good night's sleep. I don't know if you've ever slept with your loved one, with your, your spouse, and uh, y'all were not seeing eye to eye, but uh, it, it was not comfortable. It, it was not comfortable at all. I got up that morning. This is the longest fight I've ever had. Again, I don't know how to act. When I'm in trouble and it's my fault, it's the, we fix it quick, man. We fix it quick. Baby, I am sorry. I screwed up. It is my fault completely. Tell me what to do to fix it. I'll do it. And we're done with it. But I couldn't fix this one. I couldn't fix this. There was one thing I could have done, and I'll tell you that in a minute. Next morning, Sunday morning, I get up, and it's just not any better. I, I don't know if I've been that quiet my whole life. I was pretty quiet for about 24 hours. And so we come to church, and God did what we expect him to do. He showed out, and it was just a phenomenal service. And we had a great time. And um, at the end of service, I was ready to fix it no matter what. Lord, we got to fix this, and, and we did. That's a short version. We, we fixed it, and... and we, we made it right. Let me tell you what one of the things that caused the issue and made it go on for so long while we spent the entire day at odds with each other is the very simple reason of unforgiveness. You know, I think Tammy would back me up here to say that she was not ready to actually offer um, repentance to me in the beginning. But when she did come with her whole heart and with the truth, I'm the one that rejected that. And I didn't allow her. I did not forgive her. And that was my fault. And it continued on. So we had a longer period of time because I would not accept and I would not forgive. But 
But the second that we forgave each other, God immediately restored that relationship. Immediately. So we're talking about this prayer. That's exactly what, what he's telling us here. We've got to come with forgiveness in our hearts because guess what? It didn't just ruin Tammy's day. It ruined my day. And I could have fixed it by just forgiving sooner. But I didn't. I used to want to be right all the time. I'm not, it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be. I used to want to be right all the time. And I thought, you know, I just want that one time where I know I'm right. I don't care if they understand I'm right or not. That's a lie. I want to know I'm right, and you know I'm right too. That's the best place to be. But this whole I got to be right thing is ridiculous. And so forgiveness is where it's at. You know, I've been reading this book by Robert Morris. Robert Morris has a small church out in Dallas, Texas of about 100,000 people. It's called Gateway Church. He wrote this fantastic book called The God I Never Knew. I encourage you to check it out. It's really opened my eyes to some things about the Holy Spirit. It's just been magnificent. But he told a story in there that I thought was just perfect for today. And he talked about being invited as a guest speaker, and he's sitting up on the, on the stage, and he's looking out over the crowd, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit, points out one, young, one lady to him. And so as the Holy Spirit downloaded to him, he got up to speak. And when he did, he asked the lady to stand, and he, he, said, he told her, he said, listen, while they were worshiping, the Holy Spirit pointed her out and asked him if he knew her past. How would you like that? If I just asked you to stand up and say, Holy Spirit, wanted to know if I knew your past. He said her countenance changed immediately. It just dropped. It fell. You know that, that thing of shame like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he knows that. That happened. And then Robert told her, he said, I told the Holy Spirit, I don't. I don't know her past. He said the Holy Spirit told him, he said, hmm, Neither do I. She lifted her head. She smiled. And then Robert told her this. He said, I know God knows everything, but he told me to tell you that he has chosen not to remember your past. He has forgiven it. (laughs) He's chosen not to remember your past. He has forgiven it. And then he said this, it's time for you to do the same. There's a lot of us that have not forgiven ourselves for our pasts. Jesus died, and he forgave you. You need to forgive you. You need to forgive you. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me, and I still forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, I'll tell you that, that there is a little bit of a discrepancy there. If you read in King James or New King James, it says 70 times 7. That's the way I grew up. That's the way I always heard it. If you read in some of the other translations, it says 77. I thought that's a pretty big difference there. In fact, one of them had a little footnote that said, or possibly 70 times 7. And I'm thinking, what do you mean, or possibly? Shouldn't you figure that out? Shouldn't you know? I mean, that seems like a pretty big gap there. But as I'm praying about it, Holy Spirit said, it doesn't matter what number you put there. The point is still made. The point is that you're supposed to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. Again, yes, again, and again, and again, and again. But he did that. doesn't matter. Again, and again, and again. Why? Because that's what Jesus does for us. You see, he's not sitting up there at 70 times 7, and he's going, hey, listen, this is number 490. You better watch it because the next one, buddy, you're done. If you don't know, 70 times 7 is 490. 
Okay. So it's not like you're sitting on 490. Or the other of that, which is probably the way I'd be using it, you mean I got 490 times to mess up, Lord? I just take this for a spin. <laughs> Neither one of those are true. The point is that you're supposed to figure always. Let me tell you what it kind of came from. This is what my research says is that the, back in those days, the Jewish rabbis would tell people that it was unnecessary to forgive more than three times, and they based that off of Amos. Uh, Amos chapter 1, verses 3 through 13, and they used that as justification because he kept saying in there, for three transgressions and for four, I will not revoke the punishment of various cities. He does it over and over again. So, so the understanding or the belief is that so that when Peter is telling Jesus this, he's going, well, the rabbis teach three times. So I'll tell you what, Lord, I'll double that just to say, okay, we're going to go to those extremes right there? How about that? I've got to give him twice as much as I've been taught? <laughs> and Jesus says, you want to talk extremes? Two times? I don't care which version you use. 77 times. Or 70 times 70 doesn't matter. The point is you can't put a number on it. Forgiveness needs to happen every day. This is the Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer template we're supposed to use every day. Give us this day our daily bread. And every day we should be forgiving others the way God forgave us. It was so important to Jesus that we forgive others that he went on in Matthew chapter 6 and he talked about it more. He talks about it in verse 14 and 15. He says, For if you forgive other people of their offenses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people, then your heavenly Father will not forgive your offenses. This is in the same chapter right after he's just told the disciples how to pray. So he's told them the Lord's Prayer, and then he goes, let, let, me, just, let me just put a little more emphasis on this. It's so important, I'm going to say it even more. Jesus is telling his disciples, this is the way to pray. And let me just tell you how important that forgiveness thing is. If you forgive other people, then your Heavenly Father is going to forgive you. If you don't, then he won't. That's how important it is. You know, I told you I was going to come back to the forgive us our debts. And I want to come back to that because that to me is what this day is all about. Celebrating Jesus and him forgiving our debts. You know, Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. When he took on the burdens of this world. I don't think you, I mean, do, do you understand what that means? It was not a symbolic gesture. When we take communion like we're going to do today, it is symbolic for us. When we talk about his body being broken, it wasn't just symbolic. They broke his body for sins that we committed. He paid the debt that we owed. When we pray, we don't need to make it complicated. It's simple. Jesus laid it out in the Father's prayer. We've talked about our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we pray, God, give us this day. Thank you for this day. And our daily bread, Lord, for the provisions that you gave us, that you made for us. And we say, Lord, thank you for forgiving us of our debts. 
as we forgive others, as we forgive our debtors. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.